bright and blue. We like to win in style, we've done it for a while. It's better to aim very high, then our football story will echo with glory. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 7, Episode 13. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. I'm Stato. And joining us today, very special guest, Mr. Martin Lipton. Pleasure to be here. So Martin, you've had uh, an amazing career, 25-year career as a journalist, including being Chief Football Writer for the Press Association, Daily Mail and Daily Mirror, covering England at five World Cups and four European Championships, plus reporting at Wimbledon, the Ryder Cup, Test and World Cup Cricket and two Olympic Games. You're a graduate of Oxford University and have also been an active Spurs supporter since attending your first game in 1972. And you're now the Deputy Head of Sport at The Sun. This is true, there is no beginning to my talent. (laughs) (laughs) Quite quite a CV. Uh, And also author of your new book, which is out, White Hart Lane, The Spurs Glory Years. Um, We've got a copy here, it looks fantastic. We've had a a look through as well and the content looks amazing. I mean, what inspired the book? Um, I've always wanted to write a book, I've got to be honest. It's one of those things that is on your bucket list and I've never really had the the right subject matter. And I was approached by um, a fellow a book agent I've known for many years, and we've l- long had discussions into the night over an occasional glass of wine, it has to be said, <laughs> about me writing one. And he came to me with the idea and it immediately touched me because it was something I wanted to do. The closure of White Hart Lane as was, was an obvious reason. It's a, a, a yeah. finishing point and also a launch pad. Yeah. But it needed to be both for me. and. This is a, it's, it's a rite of passage, it's a very, very personal book. And basically, if I'm honest, I'm writing for, for three people. And I'm one of them. My father is the second and my son is the third. And between us, we range from eight, as of last week, to 71. So and I'm somewhere in the middle, closer, I'm afraid, to 71. <laughs> but there you go. Um, but I'm hoping that it's also that any Spurs fan of any age will read and recognise maybe a bit of themselves in it as well. So. What I wanted to write was not a straight history, because yeah. they're to a penny to a degree, some better than others, some great books I've read about the, about the club, but it was about rewinding my personal narrative and the personal narrative of lots of other people into a tale. So it, whilst parts of it are straight chrono- chronology, a lot of it isn't, it weaves us all over the place, because I didn't want it to just be a, and this happened and this happened and this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think a football club's more than that, it's organic, it's part of people's lives. And I hoped in some way to sort of touch into that. And the other thing is, people remember games differently. And maybe none of them remember it accurately, mm-hmm. but all of them remember it correctly mm-hmm. because it's what it means to them. Yeah. So I've deliberately left in a number of errors from people's recollections, even if I then correct them elsewhere, because that's how people remember it. Yeah. And it's how you remember that game is how that, ma- that game took place, even if it's completely different. And that's, that's part of it as well. That's, that's amazing. Like, I can hear just from you talking there that White Hart Lane is was a big part of your life. Like, how much does it mean to you to be able to write a book about a place that's had so many memories? It was actually quite tough. And there were parts of it which I, I, I'm, I am a bit too emotional. I cried when I was watching Paddington the other day. So you know, I'm not. <laughs> but I did find it quite effective in that regard. Yeah. And I try, you know, I'm supposed to be this, um, you know, tabloid Rottweiler who's got a, a, you know, a heart of stone, which I've never really had. <laughs> um, and it did affect me, yes, because, and when I talk to people, it, I could sense it affecting them yeah. as well. And that's what it should do, because that's what, the club is, and the club isn't about the players. Yes, it is about the players, and it's not just about them. It's about the people. It's about the memories. It's about the bricks and mortar. It's about all of that. And my aim is to try to encapsulate that feeling in this book, and also give a bit of me, give a lot of me actually, and sometimes maybe too much of me, um, because that's, it's the personal that makes everything else work. Yeah, and, and that's what comes across. Because, like you say, it's very easy to do a chronological order. So you can get that on Wikipedia. And you, what you've done is then added you as a father, as a son, as a Spurs supporter. But then you've also, like, there's a lot of people out there who can do that, so your dad could do that. Yeah. Um, but you've also got this incredible history of actually knowing what you're talking about and doing this. Well, I'm very lucky that, you know, I've had this sort of magic golden ticket for the last 25 years yeah. to go around the world watching football. And it means that I've got to know a lot of players and a lot of ex-players and a lot of ex-managers. So I was able to, I didn't know all of them, and some of the people I thought would talk to me wouldn't talk to me or didn't want to talk to me or whatever, and that's fine, it's their choice. 
Um, but also, even those, there's voices, they've spoken, you can find their voices and you can bring them all together. Others who I know really well were very happy to talk to me. Others I didn't know that well were very happy to talk to me. So I try to draw all of those threads <laughs> together. Um, because it's, it's, it's my story, but it's also every fan's yeah. story. Yeah. That's really important yeah. for me. It sounds like you've brought the emotion and the passion to at least to make it more than a list. Well, of facts. I hope so. I mean, look, that's for others to judge. Yeah. All I can do is do the best I can. I hope it feels like a, a genuine, honest book about the club and about what it means, rather than just for, just look. We've all read books, and some of my friends have written books that were just for make, just to make money. This really, I don't, I don't tell the publishers. I'm not that fussed how many it sells yeah. because it was. I mean, obviously, I want it to be a success, but it was more about actually having it to be able to present it there's a photo in, in there of my my boy when he was five going to his first game against stoke a few years ago three years ago last month and that was the most important day for me of, of, of all the days i've had as a spurs supporter yeah. to be able to take my boy for his first game uh-huh. yeah yeah that's that and so when and again when we went last last sunday for that awful game against palace it was my son <laughs> my daughter and my wife who i managed to convert my wife, that is, she's a Bolton fan, so she really did write the conversion, yeah. true. Um, you know, it was a really, it's a great thing for me to go. I don't go every week, I can't, I've got other things. Yeah. But when I can, I love to go, and I like to take the fan, and I want them to be part of it. And I said, I want, my, my, my boy is, is eight now, and he is an absolute anarch, even worse than I am. He <laughs> loves it, he can tell you everything. But he can't tell you about the bricks and mortar properly, because he was too, he's too young, he can't. It was a place he's been to, four or five times. So I wanted him to know that, because when he starts to go with his mates in a few years time, if he can afford it, which is a big if we yeah, yeah. but when he starts going to games, he'll be going to this beautiful, new, shining city on the hill, as it were. But I wanted him to get from that book the inheritance as well, and that he's part of everything, and the history, and that, that cockle, wherever they put it, and I don't know, they don't know where they're gonna put it yeah. yet, but wherever they put it, that goes back to 1909. That is about the history of the club. That's what it's all about. And I wanted that message, that idea, to, to run as a thread through, through the whole okay. thing. Um, now, we've got a list of questions which we ask every single first time yeah. guest, right? Um, so we want to get to know you better. So, your favourite Spurs player you've ever seen live? Glenn Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle. so popular. I mean, I, I was very lucky because Glenn's just a few years older than me. Um, so when he made his debut in 1974, I was seven, so he's 10 years older than me. So I saw the whole of Glenn Hoddle's career. Mm, yeah. I saw him as a young kid scoring, I remember on the box, saw that goal against Stoke on his debut. Stoke I saw, always coming up here, yeah. isn't it? I saw him playing some incredible games, playing that blind ball to Tony Galvin. No one, without looking, he didn't need to look, he knew where it was gonna go. I, so for that 13 years of watching Glenn, all the way up to the cup final against Coventry, he was just a part of my life. And of course, the hardest thing with Glenn was having to deal with him on a professional level as I got older, when he was at, first of all at Swindon, then at Chelsea, and then, then with England, and subsequently at Spurs as well. And I had to distance my personal relationship with Glenn Hoddle, the player, the player yeah. to my professional relationship with Glenn Hoddle, the person. And Glenn and I get on okay, we're not bosom buddies at all, we get on all right, I'd say. And I, but he still, the greatest Spurs player I ever saw. And for all the other issues that he had, he's not the most personable blokes at times, I think it's fair to say, because he basically was so good, mm. so darn good, that he found he found the impossible easy. Yeah. And he found it difficult to try to put across to players that it was easy, when for them it wasn't. He couldn't get it, it was so easy for him. Yeah. But he was a, a genius, and he would do things with the ball that take your breath away and some of those goals he scored were just incredible. Is there a modern equivalent or an amalgamation of modern players just because we've got a lot of younger listeners and foreign listeners who may not who don't have the history or the, the connection with people who see Look there's been there's some fantastic you can't compare because it was an age where the central midfielder player didn't have to run too much mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. job was to pick up the ball he'd ping it and he also had these brilliant late runs he came in late uh, so when the, the when the wingers or the fullbacks pulled the ball back, the strikers were going mad, and he was there, yeah. edge of the box, hit. But he could hit the he could hit the ball thirty yards into the top corner with either foot off the ground or in the air. He could ping a pass sixty yards without trying with either foot. He had the genius. One of the lines I say in there is that you know if for most 
footballers, yeah, they're even the best. It's it's applied mathematics. Mm. Well, he could split the atom with his pass. He was a nuclear physicist. He was that good. He was yeah. a brilliant player. Feet like golf clubs. Yeah, he, he could, could do whatever. Different angle on it. And he was just so layout. No one compares to him. But there are other players mm. we see now who have got incredible talent. Christian Eriksen's short-range passing. With it, he's got more energy than. Them. That short range passing he's got, the pinging a pass into that, that's, there's similarities there. There are bits, Waddle's ability, Gareth Bale could hit ranging passes in a similar way. But Glenn was of his time. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have a Glenn, Glenn, there wouldn't be a Glenn Hoddle, they couldn't play like that because the game has changed. So it's hard to find a, an obvious comparison. Sure. Through history, you're looking at players like Platini mm-hmm. and Zidane. This is the sort of quality we're talking yeah. about. I mean, all-time greats. Now, maybe Glenn wasn't quite up at that level, but there were games when he was better than that. The finest example was the uh, final game in 84-5. They had a chap called Cruyff and a young chap called Hullet, <laughs> and he played them both off the park and Spurs with four up at half-time, and it was incredible. Yeah. And he was, on his day, he was the finest player on the planet. Uh, you're the best goal that you've seen live. Now I saw there's a lot of these Spurs goals. I think we saw Spurs goals. Yeah. So I made a list because I, I there were so many. Some of them you would have known. Yeah. Others, not, you people won't even remember. And it, I would be surprised if the player themselves knew. So one of the ones is Terry Yorth scoring against Coventry in about 1979 from 30 yards at the yeah. far end. I was, I think, I was either at, I think I was at Paxton Road and it was at the Parkland or vice versa. Yeah. When you're that age, you can't really remember. But an absolute screamer and a 2 0 win, a very turgid mid table game. <laughs> Hoddle's final Spurs goal against Oxford, where, which he thinks was his final game of White Hart Lane, and it wasn't, because he played <laughs> 10 days later when they beat, beat Man United 4 0. Danny Rose against Arsenal, oh, because wow. that was just brilliant, fantastic. Bale's goal at West Ham, oh, yeah, in one another one, people, Stephen Carr against Man United. That's my favourite. On the other side to me, and the and the best goal I ever scored that didn't count, which is, which is in the books, was Chris Waddle against Oxford in the FA Cup in '85 in a replay. And the great thing, when I spoke to Chris about it, was that he is still as angry about it not counting. Because <laughs> he went through the entire defence on his own. And the ref and the line from flag for offside against somebody else. Yeah. And in those days, if you were in an offside position, yeah. you were offside, even if the ball didn't come to you. And he basically said to me, You can't disallow that, I'll never score a better goal. Yeah. And he was right, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, your all time Spurs 11 of players that you've seen? Right, no, I don't know which the players I've seen, oh, so sorry, I've gone through 11. Yeah. There's two I didn't see in it. Oh, that's fine. That's but fine. so uh, this, is, this is tough because you've left out hundreds of players. Jennings in goal. Yeah. Perryman, mm-hmm. because you've got to have Steve in just because, yeah. and he was a fantastic player. Alderweireld and Goff at centre half, because Goffey was incredible in that team, and they only there for a couple of seasons, but he was an immense player. Cyril Knowles at left back. He has to be. Then a a very open across the middle, (laughs) but I've got Dave Mackay anchoring it. I didn't see him with Glenn, and I've gone Waddle and Bale wide, and I've got Greaves off Kane. Yeah, (laughs) but I didn't. I didn't didn't see Greaves. Yeah. So that's why I didn't see Mackay. So if I had to pick players I'd seen. It's a bit tougher because I need a, a, a really. A, I'll tell you one thing: you wouldn't be a million miles away from Dembele because I, mean, wow. I think he's absolutely magnificent. Yeah. And then, how many goals would Clive Allen have scored off Kane in that season? Oh, oh. You know, because yeah, of his yeah. sharpest. I mean, he wasn't as good a striker as Lineker or as Gino, as a, as Klinsman or, or others. But in that 86-7 season, when he scored those 49 goals. <laughs> He was <laughs> utterly feet. brilliant. Some of his five shoe of boots, oh, yeah. tiny feet, but he's yeah. like a rocket oh, man. of a shot. He was, yeah. a, he was a, you know, he was a, he was a fabulous. Also, I think I really like Clive as a bloke. I always have yeah. done. It's yeah. one of those things I've always got with him quite well. And I made a point. There's a chapter in the book which is entirely about the Allen family, starting with Les, oh, Clive, Paul, and also Bradley, who didn't play but obviously worked behind the scenes at the club with John McDermott in the academy yeah. and knows a lot of these young. So he was, he's coached Harry and Harry Winks and, and these young players and he would have to give a different perspective on what the ground means yeah. to him, which is yeah. one of the things I wanted to, to be about, the person, the personal element there. Fabulous. Uh, you really mentioned it, your first White Hart Lane game. Yeah, it was uh, October 72, Spurs yeah. 4, Stoke 3. Wow. It's a Who's yeah. Who's I know, I can't, John Pratt got two. Was it Dennis Smith and goal? 
Uh, but I can't remember the rest of it. Yeah, I'm you'll see. You, there you are. And I've got a question for you. There are three of the 66 World Cup final team playing that day. Well, Hurst would have been. Yeah. Peters. Yeah. And Banks and Girl. This is why you're here. Uh, your favourite game you've ever seen. I mean, we can do games if you want. Games you've ever seen live. Oof. Could be a Spurs game. Well, I, I do want to talk about your yeah. football. But well, yeah, no, the, the Spurs game. Uh, In its own way, it was that win over Arsenal in 2010. The not Rose. Not because of the match itself. It was because of what it meant, the significance, because we'd just come off the back of that semi-final defeat yeah. against the worst Portsmouth team in the history of football, <laughs> when we had battered them stupid and lost 2-0. And it was difficult because um, Avran Grant, the manager there, and Avran's a, a personal friend of mine, I've known him for uh, quite a while now, I'm getting with him really well, yeah. and he just laughed at me afterwards, because he knew, <laughs> he knew he'd got away with one. Only Spurs could lose to the worst team in the league and then beat Arsenal and Chelsea in the same week. That was just typical. And of course that got them to that run that, that took, took them forth. Um, if I had to pick one game though, it would have been, in truth, the game at Oxford under Pleaty when they played the 4-5-1 for the first time. Because I was stood on the away in the South Terrace, was it, at, uh, 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 at the Old Manor Ground, throwing it down the rain. David Leeworthy expert scores for them in the first 10 minutes. It looks a total shambles. What on earth is going on? And then suddenly it just clicked. And they played some of the greatest football you'll ever see from a team. They were absolutely magnificent. And it was a joy to be there at the birth of what we all thought was going to be something special. Walking away, we just thought, hang on, this is going to be it. This is, this is it. This is the season. They've got the players, they've got the manager, they've got, you know, that midfield three, of, which is a great combination um, with, you know, you had Paul Allen and you had Clive, Clive up top, you had Glenn, you had Ardiles, you had Ward, and it was just yeah. so many talented players. Yeah. Um, and the, the real pain was that, of course, they lost Danny Thomas from that horrible injury yeah. that Maguire, I think it was Maguire, Danny didn't Maguire, yeah. And whilst Chris did his best, he was at the wrong end yes. of his career. Yes, that's right. And also, I mean, it meant you had two fullbacks who were vulnerable because Mitchell Thomas was great going forward, but defensively he was a little bit suspect. Yeah. But you know, there were some other great games, being at the, the UEFA Cup final in 84 just because of, yeah. of the emotion of winning the game. Well, that wasn't a terrific yeah. game. Um, the horror of being at both the games against United and City when they were you know, three up at half time and losing them both in games like that. I'm with you there. But also some of the, the real you know, great moments of uh, the second leg against AC Milan in that yeah. chapter because yeah. it was so terrifyingly nervy. Yeah. Because having gone over there and won one nil, no one loses when no one goes out. In the history of the Champions League at that point, only one team had ever won the away leg in the first leg and not won. So yeah. if there was a team that's gonna gonna join <laughs> that, it was that, that, wasn't it? Yeah. And Gallus cleared one off the line the first half. Looking back, actually the last twenty minutes there was never any danger. It just felt sheer yeah. tension and that yeah. excitement. That's what it's about. Yeah. Getting Absolutely. over the line in games like that. Uh, I mean that was a team full of stars. We we read it out the other week, didn't we, that, that team? So that's one of my favourite games I've ever been to. who's the best opposition player and team that you've seen live? You're not gonna like this, but it that's was the other lot. It was Henri and that team. Oh, yeah. They I mean, were I went to the game they played at um, Portsmouth in the FA Cup that year and they won 5-1 and Portsmouth stood, the whole crowd stood to applaud them off the pitch, they were that good. And the, the sort of un, unknown story is that that was very close to the day that Thierry Henry could have died because he was stand, he came out through the tunnel, that rickety old stand and there's this huge um, crane with a big hook to get the TV gear up and for some reason someone let it slip and this huge hook came screaming down on a massive long cable and it went past his right shoulder. This is a huge hook yeah. and it slammed into the wall and you know nothing happened but bloody wow, hell, yeah. you know. So that's one of the things that I remember yeah. almost for that as much as the game, but the game they were brilliant too. I know they were that lot, but they were fantastic. Yeah. They, had, they had everything you'd want. And if you actually look at this first team now, there are some similarities in the way that we're you know at our most dangerous when you've got the ball, mm. particularly if you've got a set piece in our end, because if we break, we've got pace yeah. and we can kill you. We have the physicality of Dembele, which sort of equals the error. Kane as a centre forward. Delhi and um, 
uh, Ericsson, not too dissimilar to Bergkamp and say Lundberg or Pires in, at their best. Physicality of the centre half with yeah. Toby and yeah. and Vertonghen. Compare that to Campbell and um, Kian, I think it was. Yeah. You know, those sort of players, and, and they have actually with some, you know, the right back getting great going forward. The left back actually actually Cole is bombing forward yeah. like Danny Rose. I mean, mm. they actually we're well, not supposed to. Say, not too much wrong with the way that team plays, and we're not a million miles off it in terms of mm. the way this current team plays. Different, obviously, yeah, yeah. different. But it's, there are, I think the goalkeeper is better than, than uh, Layman was, certainly. Mm. But other than yeah. that, there's not too much in it. And best player, opposition player? Oh, Andre. Of all the players? Of all the players seen. I've seen against regularly. I mean, one off game, you can't really tell. Yeah. Because um, I've watched, um, Ronaldo was a fabulous player. Yeah. Um, we watched some, you know, we've all seen, but week in, week out, Thierry Henry was. Absolutely fabulous. I have to say, and I have said it before, I thought Glenn was the greatest player I'd ever seen until I saw Thierry on me. Because he was just a genius. And also, the other thing, professionally, he was brilliant because he loved to talk. Mm. Absolutely. He had to expiate himself after every game, you get 20 minutes of chat. And also, he was one of those who, if you, did, if you, if you didn't like what, you, what you'd written, you knew the phone call was going to come. You were t- mm. tipped off, Thierry's going to phone you a bit later. <laughs> and I've had a few of those. And normally they ended up with, yes, but you did say it, didn't you? But once he'd had, he'd had it out with you, that was it, it was gone. He just needed to say it and he moved on. And, be, and the next time he saw you, hello, how are we doing? And he was all, so I always found him quite yeah, decent really in that way. But he was a beautiful player, even if he played for them. Who were the best first players to talk to professionally then? In the same band? Oof, some of them. Um, Bale's always really good with me. Oh really? Yeah, oh, I always wow. find him very, very, very chatty. Jamie Redknapp was very, very good. He's very well schooled. You won't like it, but Soul actually is brilliant with me over the years. Always at both clubs, mm. um, just because he, for whatever reason, he was, he was super. Yet yeah, Klinsman, great to talk oh, to. Really? Always good to talk to. Fun. Uh, Scott Parker, of recent vintage, brilliant bloke. Top, top, top fella. I don't know too many of the of the current team just because I've gone inside off the road in the last two or three years. Yeah. So I don't know them as well as I as I'd like yeah, to. Yeah. I, just, I just admire them from a distance now, which is great. Who were the um, difficult ones? Teddy Sherring and I did not get on. Oh really? We should have done. We we're both born in Walthamstow, both born in the same year, got mutual friends, oh, really? and we just always clashed. Never got on. But that's just what is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you didn't like me. You know what? Well, <laughs> don't blame me for that. I <laughs> <laughs> last of the regular questions: your hopes for the new stadium. I just want it to be everything that Daniel wants it to be. Oh, interesting. Well, because what? I think he, his vision is exactly right, that he's desperate to make it into a, a monument to what the club believes in, to the ambition of the club. Mm. Uh, the idea of making it as tight as possible despite the bigger uh, capacity. He really believes that this, the way they've designed it means that the sound will amplify it, itself, which will make it, the louder it gets, the louder it gets, which I yeah, love that idea. I just want it to feel like home again, yeah. quickly. Mm. And, but it's, it's what, ha- much as I love White Hart Lane, I remember walking, I, I was very lucky, at uh, the last game, um, Simon Feldstein at the club sat me with all the old players, the ones who went onto the pitch. Oh, yeah. And I know quite a few of them, and even some of them didn't go players down chatting to Peter Kraut for the game and some of the others. Great, really lovely day. And I waited, and I was one of the last to leave after everyone else had gone, just have one last look. And I walked down those concrete stairs and looked around and thought, you know what? It's time. It's time. Mm. It's time. But the, the one mile experience wasn't when you were there by yourself, though, was it? I mean, no. The, 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 the nights and the feeling. That, that's the bit I'm scared of, is that feeling. And we had it against Real Madrid. That was the first time. And Dortmund. And Dortmund. Look, if, it's, it's like the old field of dreams, you know, build it and they will come. Yeah. Mm. If you've got a team worthy of that stadium, you will have a crowd worthy of that stadium. You will yeah. have an atmosphere worthy of that stadium. Everything lives off itself. And look, there were great atmospheres with bad Spurs teams. Mm. Why should there be a bad Spurs team in the, in the medium future? When you've got this manager, yeah. these players, this belief, this growth, this expectation, yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Let's embrace it. Let's mm-hmm. make it. Make it what it has to be. Make it what we want it to be. Because it's there. This is what we've waited all these years for. We've yeah. seen all these other clubs getting bigger and bigger. We've looked on enviously for years and years and years. And now we've got everything we need. Well, Collingwood said it, didn't he? He said he would, the only team we would pay his own money to watch is Spurs because 
City are paying for, they bought the big team and that's fine, that's just the way they're doing it. United aren't particularly entertaining and Liverpool have got all sorts of problems and they're paying loads of money for it. Because Spurs are the only one that's just building and building and building. And that, that Is he the greatest manager that you've seen Spurs have? Poch? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I thought um, Keith did brilliantly with his team. They yeah. were fantastic and he did it with a lot of young local players, mm. most of them scouted by Bill Nicholson, yeah. in truth. Mm. I mean, I, I saw the tail end of Bill's team. So, I, I went to the, the semi-final, I went to the League Cup final in 73, yeah. I went to the quarter-final and the semi-final of the uh, UEFA Cup in 74, and if I'd had a take with me to the final, we'd have obviously beaten final, and we would have won the cup. Yeah. It's his fault, and I've told him that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, but I saw the end of that team, yeah. and I saw the per- Perkinshaw team, but what I've seen Pochettino do is exactly what you'd always, uh, you know, when, um, when they decided that to get rid of uh, Andrew Villas-Boas, and I think it was it was unfortunate because I like Andrew. Actually, yeah. he's actually not a bad fellow. But he's too intense for his own good, and you, and I saw him at Chelsea collapsing under the pressure he put on himself, and it was this sort of I can't be proven wrong. I can't I can't mm. back down. And all he had to do was say say to Daniel, "Oh, right, well, I've looked at it by all." That's all it had to be, and he wouldn't do it because he's too proud. He's Portuguese. Mm. I'm the, the latest in the line of the navigators thing, which, which Mourinho's got as well. They've got, a lot of them have got that. They, they cannot be seen to be to back mm. down. It's not in their nature. Um, I said to Spurs then, why don't you go and get Pochettino? Uh, I spoke to some a couple of on the board, and it was like, well, not yet. I said, he's the one. I said, you know, I know you're veering towards, you're looking at others, and you're veering towards Sherwood and all of that. Pochettino is the one you want. So when I actually went out and got Pochettino, I thought, well, I hope I'm right. And I was, yeah. because yeah. he's been absolutely fantastic. He's brilliant. And he's exactly what those players needed, that dressing room, that club needed. Yeah. And I think it helped that he's only two years into the new training ground, or less than that, so he could make it his own. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, the old hideaway places weren't there, because everyone was feeling their way. New mm. cl- a new club. And he talks about this, the one place he doesn't go is the training ground, first team dressing room. Yeah. Everything else is his. Mm. And he's there, and he gets there first, like Fergie. He gets there first, he waits, he wants them, so he wishes them are co- courageous enough to come and talk to him. Mm. Things like after a bad performance, who's got the, the, the balls, as it were, to come and talk to me and explain what went wrong. And that's it, he's building that. And everything you see on the pitch comes from the manager. The bravery to play that they did against Dortmund yeah. to say, okay, this is how we normally play. It's not how we're playing today. We're going to say, we we, fan, we back ourselves to play this way because we know we're good. Mm. And you come on to us, and we will kill you. Yeah. And lo and behold, bang, they did. Real Madrid different. I thought they played similarly um, to Madrid, against Madrid. They did it at home yeah. as they did against Dortmund. They didn't. Completely different again. Mm. He's, so he's made able them to play four or five different ways in all these different formations with all these different players. You think. Not that's the, to me that's the big difference this season we didn't seem to change the way we played at Wembley last year yeah. in the Champions League and yet this year we've changed the way we play our home games um, to, to last season because that pitch is so much bigger people don't seem to appreciate the difference it's like four metres wider or five metres longer it's, yeah, it's it is different, a vast it? area to close people down mm. as intensely as we, we it's were a, it's also it's, it's about getting rid of the psychological hang-ups which were yeah, there yeah. and now I mean now they, you know, as we saw the other week, they can play rubbish and win at Wembley. Because yeah. they were desperate against Palace, and Palace were the better team. Yeah. But they just somehow knew they were going to win, even though they were playing badly. Yeah. That's not Spurs. No, <laughs> we felt that against the Arsenal game, the, second, the penultimate game last yeah. season, where there were, for the first time ever, there was never any doubt in my mind we, were, we weren't. You just knew, didn't you? You knew you were going to win. Yeah. Into, it's the same with the United game, which is massive. Yeah. Uh, what about Harry? We, we've got split opinions on the podcast about Harry. Look, I mean, Harry is brilliant with the media. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. And there are some great, great nights. And some fantastic games. But I think the decision to get rid was right. Mm. I think he had lost his focus. He denies it absolutely. I think he's my own. He thought he got the England job. More importantly, the players in the dressing room thought he didn't care anymore. Even if that's Mm. wrong, even if he did, they thought. And I don't think he could have got that back. So yeah, yeah. what we also got to say is that he started it. He because Martin made them think it was possible. Harry made them know it was possible, 
and now Pochettino is making them expect it to be possible, and that's the, yeah, yeah. the, the deal. Mm. So without Harry, we wouldn't be where we are now, but it also needed to move on. Yeah. I think Martin Yol gets overlooked, so you mentioned yeah. him there, but like, I think back, obviously I've not supported Spurs as long as you guys have, but he was the one for me where actually we started to beat the big teams and we wouldn't The Chelsea win in 2006 much. was a huge game. That's yeah. Dawson and Lennon. Yeah. yeah. Off the uh, shin. So yeah. you, could, you couldn't have two more different characters scoring the goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Made in Yorkshire, though, wasn't it? That yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Dawson's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Again, he's one of those I would talk about. A brilliant interview and a lovely, lovely man. I wouldn't say the same about Alan Lennon, it's fair to say. But then you realise the other things in Alan Lennon's life, yeah. Yeah. and it does maybe make you think, well, maybe that was part of it. Yeah. But he was difficult to deal with it's fair to say quite surly and not the nicest boy yeah, yeah. but he was he also used to kill Patrice Effa every time yeah. he was yeah. Like yeah. there was something so exciting about Aaron Lenders where we just get the ball and he just ran and, and, and try and cross it, it. Yeah, <laughs> but you knew what was going to happen but it was so hard for opposition fullbacks actually stop it I think we're Lennon's feet I don't know should know I can think forever the World Cups your, your World Cups in England what what was the best performance you saw at a World Cup? Do you think for England? Oh, we just to give you. We haven't given you any preparation on these questions no, no. now, so it's a bit unfair. Uh, I just want to hear about your Argentina. World it's two thousand and two. Oh yeah. Although you can argue they actually played better in '98 and yeah. lost. Yeah. But the emotion in that strange ground in Sapporo, which is an indoor dome, which is all black apart from the lights of the pitch, which looks like a big cycling helmet, and off the back of what happened in '98, yeah. when they played poorly against Sweden in the first game, thought, "Here we go, we're going out." Mm. To win one 0 in that game was was terrific. Well, he's had said in his, I've got his book, the one he's done with Gian Balago, which he talked about. He, I haven't dived. He's right. <laughs> he's taught to dive by Glenn. Glenn was the greatest teacher of cheats in the world. He, 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 you know, um, that was a brilliant night. Um, there weren't too many, unfortunately, of England. I mean, the, the game, the St Etienne game, was a fabulous game of football, mm-hmm. uh, and they lost, and it was a great story. And uh, the, the Owen goal was incredible, and they, yeah. the only time I've known the English media core en masse get off their feet. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, the only one that came close was Beckham's goal against Greece in, in 2001 yeah. to get us to that 2002 World Cup. Then you go to 2006, which was a tournament they could have gone a lot better in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just didn't didn't believe in themselves enough they just they, they never played well apart from 45 minutes against against Sweden in the third game mm. they never got going 2010 was a shambles from start to finish it's been the worst England performance I've ever seen which was Algeria, Algeria. Yeah. shocking embarrassing worse than Iceland well, much worse than Iceland <coughs> because Iceland at least could cross the halfway line Algeria couldn't they were absolutely awful and then 2014 they actually played all right Against against Italy they played yeah. well, right? and against Uruguay they didn't play that badly. Mm. They just Suarez took the two chances that he had. Yeah. But then you go home after two games. The joke was we actually went we're out of the tournament before we even stopped taking the malaria tablets from the trip to Manaus for the uh, for the Italy game. So it was pretty grim. Um, so it, it, I can't say it's been a spectacular <laughs> record of success watching yeah. England at tournaments. Yeah. Is it the same for you when you watch England as when you watch Spurs? Because a lot of people that we have on the pod or we talk to say that they can't get up for international football as much. Is that the same oh, for you? Oh, no, I, because, it was in, because I was writing about England all the time, Yeah, it mattered. Look, I wanted to be able to write the England win the World Cup yeah, match I And I never got close to it. The nearest I got was quarterfinals. Mm. Um, and I wish I'd been able to write it. It would have been fantastic to be yeah. part of that. Uh, to feel as if I was involved in that in a tournament in that way. I, I went to all the games, all the finals. So I've seen all these other countries win the tournament in all sorts of strange places, in Yokohama, um, in Stade de France, and uh, in Berlin, and in, in uh, Joburg, and then in, in Rio. Fantastic teams winning, some less fantastic teams winning, like the Euros I saw. So I'd love to have written, and, and yeah, I, I didn't like it when they went out. I hated it, because I wanted them to do well. But I also had to be sensible about the way I approached it. Yeah. I'd never go rah rah too much, I don't think. Mm. I ended, like when I cover Spurs, I'm more critical. I was more critical of England. But, I, but when they played well, I wanted to say they played well. Yeah. Because you do, and you want them to do well. And the focus, when you're covering, if you're going to a World Cup covering the tournament, you go from match to match, and no match really impinges upon you too much. If you're going as the football correspondent, 
your focus is England. Mm. Everything you write for at least the first three and a half, four weeks from the moment you leave to, to go to the tournament and the base camp and all that is England, 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 England. So you are going to be focused on that and wanting to do well because it's everything you do. Otherwise, all those thousands of words you've written are going to waste a blooming time. So you, and, you, and often there were, what if I, and, you, and that was often the feeling we had, why have we just wasted the last four weeks on this? Was it hard for you to take the emotion out? Especially watching Spurs and watching England. The emotion was what made it, made it fun. I loved, the best part of the job for me was having to get it right. Mm. Within, to, to, so I'm writing, first edition I'm writing during the game. So the last minute goal is the bane of it, and I've actually asked FIFA to uh, ban <laughs> goals in the last 15 minutes in night matches, because I think it's utterly unfair on journalists <laughs> that we have to re rewrite copy on deadline. Um, but for me the buzz was calling it right when I've got, when I've got to fire within a minute of the final whistle and then, do, then rewrite another 800 words within yeah. 45 minutes yeah. and I always wrote rewrite from scratch I never I didn't really? I always because I thought second time round most of the time people have seen the game they want to know what went why it went wrong and what it means or why it mm. went right and what it means so you so I like to con I like to contextualize others don't but that was my way mm. of doing doing match reports and I wrote a particular I always had a fairly swift way of writing I was, I, I was very lucky that I love words I always have done mm. um, and I, I found the art of writing for a newspaper at least very very easy and I hope in the book it comes across that I enjoy the art of writing yeah. and I've always always loved words um, so you you have to have some of the emotion otherwise it doesn't work yeah. Yeah. because the you know from that Milan game I remember sitting there and I sat in the with the for some reason the working room was the photographer's room that day and around the photographer's room all the Blanche Lowe and Nicholson quotes mm. and I thought well that's what it's about mm. so my whole match report was based on what Nicholson said and what Blanche Lowe said because mm. that was what that made that match meant to me yeah. as a Spurs fan I'm, I'm writing that. If you're a fan of Arsenal, you're not going to read that match report. You're a Spurs fan, mm. so therefore I want to write to you, or you're a fan of other clubs, and what is it? Why does this mean so much to Tottenham? That's why, because of the context. Yeah. You've previously mentioned some astonishing places where you've reported from, and I reckon you possibly first professionally reported at Thrum Hall. Where's the most amazing place you've reported And I, I think the, the first place is probably... Yeah, it was. It was, it was the show. Oh, okay. The show. What's the Thumbhole, Bradford, Bradford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you won't be late, though. Yeah, I did Halifax. I did. I, it was. It was Shay. Then up in the, the hill to, to, the rugby, uh -huh. to the rugby league. I also did Fartown, which no longer exists, which is Huddersfield's rugby, old rugby league ground, and wow. Leeds Road. Although actually, the first game I covered was at the Manor Ground, uh -huh. working for a very uh, a free sheet in Oxford, uh -huh. which is just after. Mark Lawson had quit and Brian Horton had come, up, come in. I did a few matches there and ended up doing stuff for Club Call and Bits and Bobs. But I did go to lots of places. The most incredible place, I think, in some ways, was Seguipo Island, no, Jeju Island rather, Seguipo Stadium at the World Cup in 2002, where England played a warm up friendly against Korea, which has got this huge, we stood at the back of the stand to watch training. And over the back is this is the sort of massive blue sea. Oh, no. It's in the middle of the in the Pacific. Mm. Wow, this is gone. Yeah. Um, and I've been to Tromso in the Arctic Circle with Chelsea, mm. watching that this game where the funny the bit from the game is Viali literally in through the snow. That's yeah. to score one of the goals and they lost three The fun was Hullet really angry kicking this snowball. <laughs> not realising it was a rock and busting his ankle in a pot for the next three months. <laughs> um, and I've been to Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, and uh, Moldova with Spurs and England and other people. Yeah. And, oh crikey, all over Europe. Uh, Manaus for that World Cup yeah. in the middle of the Amazon. Yeah. Unbelievable place to go and work. Sao Paulo with its chaos and Hepbelo Horizonte, which is beautiful. Um, Rio, beautiful city to spend any time. I've been there four or five times, which is great. Yeah. Cape Town, what a place that yes, is. Yeah. Absolutely magnificent. Uh, but also horror places, Bloemfontein, where England got beat by Germany. Oh, hell's next door neighbour, I promise you. Absolutely mm -hmm. vile place, just nothing. Full of these really quite nasty Africana 
Yeah. Henchmen, really. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what yeah. they are. It's just, yeah. yeah. Um, Rustenberg, we stayed for that World Cup, wasn't very much fun either, in truth. Uh, but my favourite place to watch football outside of, of England is um, is Dortmund. I love yeah. it, that oh, stadium. Right. I think it's the best stadium in, yeah. in Europe. Best and far. It's beautiful. Uh, and I love I love um, the Bernabeu as well, much more than the, than the, um, Camp, Nou. the, the Camp Nou. Yeah. But I do like um, Mestalla at Valencia. That's a great mm-hmm. stadium. Yeah. And, I even, and I like... Um, uh, Deportivo's ground at the Viazor yeah. and some of the other places that I've been to. Um, it's just, I've been so lucky to have yeah, been to. So yeah. I think for 85 countries I've, I've been to, and most of those for work. So it's pretty, pretty fortunate, really. Yeah. Stato, in the back of your book, and it's not all about statistics, but it's a statistics bit. Stato is, as you may have noticed, our Stato bit. It's probably find the errors in it, so that's <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, we used to do a quiz and he would often find the quiz. So I'm going to ask you questions. Okay. And we'll see uh, where we get to. So first game at White Hart Lane. Tottenham we not scouted. 4-1, very good. First league game in the Southern League, 9th of September 1899. I can't remember that. That's Tottenham QPR. I'll go into... Uh, I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked up there. That tells me I feel like it, but... Uh, first Premier League game. Tottenham is Sheffield United? No. Coventry. Coventry City. The postman. Dreadful. The postman. Last Premier League game. Obviously it's Manchester United. Uh, first FA Cup game. I don't know if the first. Uh, that's Tottenham, uh, Preston North End. Uh, last FA Cup game. Millwall. Yeah, last League Cup game. Gillingham. Ah, oh, very good. What was the score? Uh, three, no, five, 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 one. Five, one, very good. First European Cup game. Dorning Zagreb. <laughs> Can't forget that one. Obviously. <laughs> And the last Champions League game? The last Champions League game, game at White Hart Lane. Would have been Real Madrid. Real Madrid, losing 1 0. Uh, first mm-hmm. Cup Winners' Cup game? I guess Nice or someone. Glasgow Rangers, we, okay. lost five, we won 5 2. Last Cup Winners' game, Cup Winners' Cup game, 18th of March 1992. Final. Final 0 0. Uh, we won the start break it with the Spurs across the top. Last Europa League game? Uh, Dortmund. Oh, yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah. Biggest win? In the league, 9 0 against Bristol Rovers. I've got biggest win, 3rd of February 1960. Oh, 13 um, 2 against the Premier League. Very good. Uh, heaviest defeats? 1 in 1935, 1 in 1914. Well, okay. I can hold you to these. 8 0s? 6 0s. Okay. Sunderland and Arsenal. Uh, most appearances? I mean, Steve Brown. Yeah. 436 games. Uh, second most? Mabba. Very good. Uh, leading. Well. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do the goals now. So, last goal scored? Last goal scored, Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney indeed. Last Tottenham goal scored? Kane. Last, correct. Last European goal scored? Sonny. Sonny, very good. Oh, oh <laughs> First European goal scored? It was in the Danny Marchand in the eighty-one. Oh my god! <laughs> Last League Cup goal scored. You've done that, Lamella. Last FA Cup goal scored. That's a hard one. Was not that actually. I'm gonna guess Sun because he got a hat trick. Yeah, that's six. No, the one where he stuck it through. It the went under the keeper. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Like that. Um, <sighs> Last football league goal scored in nineteen ninety-two. Last. Um. Jury. Last football league scores is David Dunsworth, Everton versus Tottenham. Oh, right. I mean, I'm going to. There's a load of rubbish there, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did spend a bit of time looking at it, so yeah. try and. It's, it's an amazing book. Uh, what was I going to ask you? Um, Jermaine Defoe does the forwards. Mm-hmm. What's he like? He's great. Yeah. I've always really got on with Jermaine, actually. Um, God knows why he likes me. <laughs> uh, I think they're always straight with him. Yeah. And I told, you know, we'd, we'd, have, we'd meet and we'd chat and. There, there was one incident which I probably can't reveal where he he said something he shouldn't have said and was aghast that he along, said it. Along the lines of, like, obviously don't know the details, but we're we talking about. He's talking about an A manager. Probably right. confidence or. And he was, yeah, yeah. went off and he suddenly went into panic mode and I said, no, I didn't. not interested. What did you say? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Because. Mm. I have to go back to people. You kept the relationship going with him. I have to go back to yeah. people. Yeah. 
And that was, you know, that was simple things like that. But I knew him before, anyhow, but that sort of sealed the deal, really. And I don't see him that often, but he was, he's always been really good with me over the years, so... He seems like a top man. He's a know? really... He, he genuinely loves the club. I mean, I'm sure if he, if he was offered the chance when he finally quits to come back and coach the strikers, he'd do that. He just loves the club. Yeah. And he will... I'm sure he'll end up buying a, buying a box in the new stadium because it's just... Would Same. you take him back on a year contract just uh, for old time's sake? Just last year of his of his career. No, just, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what moves on? Why do you not not <laughs> let, I'm let go? You know I'm with um, but my my son still got he got the Jermaine Defoe hundred goals DVD, which is still on oh, no, no, playing no. the cards. He was a good player, Defoe. Well, his finishing was so clear. Hit the target more than most. Yeah. Well, Shearer said that, didn't he? He said um, he just used to make the keeper do something. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why he scored so many goals. Um, which player did you have the best relationship with, or do you have the best relationship with? Oof, I don't know. Lots of I had good relationship with, oh, with yeah. different players. Others don't get on with. Yeah, sure. I had to keep a bit of a distance, though. You know, people you got to know. But I never made it. I, I never wanted to be anyone's mate. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Because I that, because you criticise me if you if you're the mate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got to others go different ways. I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just diff- I never wanted to be a player's mate. Yeah. I liked. To be able to talk to players. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's a big game this weekend, 12.30 on Saturday. So you've been to a lot of Arsenal games. You've already talked about the one, the two one. Are there any others that stick out in your mind that you've been to? Well, there was a lot of two ones actually recently, haven't there? Yeah. Yeah. good actually. Yeah. Um, the one when the AVB won was a good game. I enjoyed that. Which one was that? Was that, that, was, that, that, was, the, that was a spiral of, dis- yeah. spiral of decline or whatever. Negative yeah. spiral, no, which no, actually no, wasn't no. a negative spiral. <laughs> um, and I've been to some of the ones that were less good. Um, the five two is not my favourite number. It has to be said. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was two years running, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was very different games. Off. Yeah. Um, look, I, they're always tough games. They're mm-hmm. always, you know, that's why. I mean, if you ask me what it will be on Saturday, my suspicion is a one on draw. Oh really? Because there's always a one on draw. In the often is, yeah. Their place. It's one of those games that's weird. It just breaks form. Like they yeah. can be on a winning streak, yeah. we can be on a losing streak. We'll win, and then we'll go back to our losing streak, and then we'll go back yeah. to the winning streak. I do think it means less than it used to, not for us fans, no. but for the players, because there is that disconnect with, with so many overseas players. Well, we've got a lot of homegrown players. You've got to remember, the, the, most of those players are mates. Mm. Yeah. One of the interesting mm. things, I don't know if you, you might watch it, Manchester City tunnel game, yeah. after every game. Yeah, it's really good. That shows you reality. They can be knocking seven bells out of each other on the pitch, screaming, shouting, mad fury, walk off the tunnel, it's done. Yeah. They because they, they've got professional respect, so they, they they want to win. But once it's done, it's done. Yeah, yeah. And you what? There was one Koscielny and Sanchez, the other uh, no, Koscielny and um, Silva rather exchanging shorts. shorts. <laughs> That's That's I mean, one. shorts <laughs> is one thing, but shorts. That's but it's they it's all all players of all clubs. But also most of them play play the same. Even now played against and with each other mm. over the years in different countries or international football. That yeah. they just they are mates. But so they still want to win. Yeah. And they want to win desperately. You don't. All of those players are desperate to win Saturday. Mm. But once it's over, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for us, that's when it really begins. Because I come in and I get either loads of shit from my mates or I give shit to them. Yeah. You know, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, two things for me. One, that tunnel cam will be really interesting when we play them, just to see what happens to Walker. Because yeah. there was yeah. a lot of speculation that he fell out with a lot of people before he left. No, so I, think, really I, think the, I think the person he fell out with was probably the manager. Mm-hmm. Not many. I mean, they still clearly gets on with Dyer and Ali. The way they're and Danny Rose them. as well. Yeah, yeah. There's an extract in the Potch's book, yeah. isn't there, about that whole oh, incident yeah. and what yeah. happened there. And um, what I would say is on North London Derby, I think back to when they were so much better than us, but we'd always raise our game and yeah. it would yeah. always be a tight game. Yeah. And if you compared player beat player from 10 years ago, they should have beaten us. Five, six, yeah. nil most games, but we always did so it. So we found a way of dragging ourselves back into them. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, if you look back to their invincible year, the closest they came to losing that season was against Spurs at home. Yeah. Because we were leading with about 16 minutes to go. We were certainly, you know, we were, Anderson, I think, scored in the first half. And then they got one, and obviously one because they were better than us. Yeah. But, yeah. but that was the closest they came to losing in terms of actually mm-hmm. trailing in a match. I know, obviously, yeah. if Van Nistelrooy scores a penalty, there's only before it starts. But in terms of actually losing mm-hmm. losing a match, yeah. that was the closest they came all season. In terms of first 11, are there any, if we did a joint Spurs and Arsenal first 11, how many of their players get into Alms, do you think? Sanchez. Just Sanchez in place of. 
assuming we've got a fun three here. Maybe in place of Ericsson. Oh really? Interesting. Because it's a, because he, he's got the ability to pass but he also he can score can score more than yeah. But it's not it's even then it'd be a time toss, a coin toss. Yeah. Really yeah. would. Everybody else, no. Doesn't mm. but, but it wouldn't be a shock if we got beat because they're still yeah, they're still Arsenal. They're still they're still good players. They're just yeah, not yeah. as good, not quite as good man for man yeah. as our lot. But we're talking about you know one two percent. It's not yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, I was just thinking your son's what seven eight. Just yeah, eight, just yeah. eight. So he's knowing of Spurs now. He hasn't had to live through the nineties. I mean, you also saw the eighties, which was a great period. But he didn't have to live through the nineties. Is what I'm saying. So he must have this mad. He thinks it? they win every week. Yeah. <laughs> I try to explain to him, no, it's not enjoy this because it won't last. But then I think, actually, why, why not? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Let's build Manchester it. United, for 25 years, Man United fans knew they were going to win every week. Mm. For the previous 25 years, Liverpool fans knew they were going to win every week. Why can't we have 20 years when we know we can win every week? I mean, I'm not saying it will happen, but imagine if it does. Oh my God. Let's, let's just be. It's not, it's yeah. not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But this is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you think it's going to be 1 1? I actually think we're going to beat them. I think we're going to beat them, but it'll be tight, I think 1 0. I might go triple captain Kane. I'm seeing the Kane hat trick, I'm seeing it. I, I'm <laughs> isn't seeing he it. Like, there's a break. He's one of the top scorers in North London derby history already, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, which yeah. is, and he's played like five times against yeah. them, which is mad. Stato, what do you think? 2 1, but yeah, like you say, really, really close. Really close. 3-1 at home. 3-1. It feels like we haven't won there for ages. But yeah. I just turned down a ticket as well. I thought I'm a ticket. It's my wife's birthday, so I'm taking it away. Because I thought I would never get a ticket. Got off one. Just hold out for another one and take it there. What more? What more of a magic gesture? Yes, I think so. There's a nice restaurant around there. It's been entirely gentrified. Go to Frederick, just see David Dean, and then we'll be happy. You can't know. get a more expensive meal in North London. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. Um, any more? Anything else we want to? I mean, I just want to say. Talk, 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 talk all day. day. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to put it. So the book is White Hart Lane, The Spurs Glory is 1899 to 2017. Uh, I'm reading it. I'm reading it because I want to. I'm loving it. It's brilliant. Go and get it. It's a great Christmas present, um, and it's endorsed by the club. This isn't just a. I'm just a fan. I'm just writing it. It's endorsed by. Well, the, like the club helped me. I'm, I, I've not claimed it's endorsed by the club because it wasn't. But oh. they helped me. I mean, oh, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't have got in to speak to the groundsman and the the tunnel steward and everything else yeah. without. So uh, endorsed would mean like they're selling it in the club shop. They're not doing that. No. But they helped me. Well, I've got a together. paper with the active support and endorsement of the club. Well, I mean, I mean, it, I think it, it depends what you call endorsement. <laughs> yeah. Active support, unquestionably. Endorsement will mean that's an official product. But, yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah, they look, they, they very happy with it. I found them aware. They haven't told me otherwise. Because um, it's. It's great. It's, 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 it's my sort it's of. your book about the line. It's my elegy. It's the thing, so I got to take my dad to a Real Madrid game. That was the thing I wanted more than anything else in my life, to go with my dad. Like, I'm from Cardiff, he's from yeah. Cardiff, but he gave me Spurs and he doesn't get a chance to go that often. And it was, it was a game I'll never forget. I've been so many games and that, that is what is clearly coming across your pride in being a son and being yeah. a father. And being I, a I wish my dad could come as well, um, but he lives in Florida now, which is not a bad life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love him, but he, and he hasn't been back for 10 years. Oh. Um, and he watches every game. He watches more more football now than he ever done before. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love, just love to be able to go to a game with him and and Ollie, just so we could go together. It'll happen, surely it'll happen. Well, if he's, got, he's got to come back first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't make him. Yeah. Um, uh, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. We wish you all the best with no, your book. It's great to be here. And I mean, I hope people reading it get half as much out of it as I did yeah. in writing it. Because for me, it was it was it, it meant a lot and I hope that comes across absolutely thank you so much thank you so much and whatever happens future's bright future's lily white come on you spurs Aussie's knees have gone all trembly and a Tim requires assembly Danny Montlower Local boy Ledley King Greavesy scoring everything Glenn Hoddle, Chrissy Waddle Lee Young-Kyo Kate 
Casey Keller, USA, Woodgate is not fit to play. Tramatini, Cudicini, Freddy Canute. Gary Mavitt in chilling. Sergi Rebra for the win. Run for me, Nick on me, 4-3 Stout Terry. Heroes in white and blue. We've all loved you since 1882. Even when I'm feeling grey. Despite the tears and pain, I go to White Hart Lane. Lineker playing fair. Modric here, there, everywhere. Pat Jennings, luscious hair. Super Vertonghen. Amiyachenko, number nine. Nine from the halfway line. Villas running 81. Under Twin Towers. Daniel Levy's transfer steals. Harry Redknapp steals on wheels. Legend Steve Perryman, MBE. Hugo Loris clean sheet. Ball and Stefan Dalmatti. I'm playing at White Hart Lane, Nicola Bertie. Heroes in white and blue. This one's for Billy Nick, his football did the trick. He showed the world what Spurs could do. The League and Cup we won in 1961. Aaron Lennon's line green shoes. Gareth Bailey used to lose. Alan Hart and Wheel knew his passport said to Spain. Berbatov turn and strop. Hartsy saving from the spot. Beat Chelsea at Wembley, we lifted the League Cup. Maradona is a spur. We're the football connoisseurs. Chaz and Dave's got me raised. Chirpy the cockerel. Mendes shoots from halfway. Carol fumbling the same. Clattenburg. Waterberg doesn't give the goal. Abizela's work of art. Tricky Rafa van der Vaart. He's got no head, but we don't care. Martin Martin Young. Lily White's from White Hart Lane. Reto Ziegler sounded just like Ziga. Getting to the grounds of pain. Getting nasty blisters down the Seven Sisters Teddy into Equalise Ginger Pele in disguise People speak of the technique that Jason Dozel at Jamie Redknapp on TV We love Alan Mullery Raziak, Don't Come Back And Asimovic Crenshaw substitution Top Hardlisters distribution Jermaine Defoe, he's Cisco He's linguistic skills Scott Parker could not try harder Danny Rose is 30 yarder Darren Bent's headed wide Sandra could have scored that Heroes in blue and white We sold Sakura and we dropped Zamora Spurs make my dark days bright But it makes me sad the Steagle was so bad Robbie Keane in the box Edgar David, Dreadlocks, Palacios, Stripey Socks, Everson Hattrick, Dave Mackay picking fights, European Glory Knights, Terry Dyson go on my son, Cliff Jones on the wing. Dean Richards, John White, Legendary Lily White, How dare S for Kick, Who dare is to do? Clive Allen, Paul Allen, Joe Allen, Les Allen, Rory Allen, Russell Allen, Allen Gilsey. White on Lane, Kazuyuki Soda, Bentley's free kick over. We treat Judas with disdain. His transfer was a farce, so shove him up your ass. Liam Walker's page three girls. Gomez made super saves, he can shag my wife Edrington loved the bookies Andy Reid loved the cookies Star Wars music and some Wookiees right before the game Heroes in blue and white When I feel depressed in Dr. Nola undressed Point won't give up the fight Wolfox never quits, you can be sure of it Robinson's long shot AVB's deep spot David Howe's on the prowl in the FA Cup Andy Sinton's England call, Michael Brown starts a brawl Peter Crouch, eight foot tall, Jürgen Klinsmann's dive Arsene Wenger's dodgy vision, Howard Webb's bad decisions Raman Vega playing Sega, Sandro's kung fu kick Eric Torsten looking swell, Espen Barson, Leonard and Smith and Shivers bound to score Give me more and more and more Heroes in white and blue we love to win style, we've done it for a while It's better to aim very high Then our football story will echo with glory Lily White's from White Hart Lane If the budget allows, the anchor will be ours Thanks Dave Henson, 44 If he were here, we'd buy the boy a beer Heroes in white and blue this one's for Billy Nick, it's the did the trick He showed the world what's for
Lincoln Cup we won in 1961 Heroes in white and blue We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain I get to white hot lane Heroes in white and blue We like to win in style We've done it for a while It's better to aim Lady Pie Then our football story will echo it